You're tuned into 91.3 WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Let's get Clark Gayton on the line. Hey, Clark. Hello. Hello. We Hi, are. Rita. Hello. Thanks so much for being here today. I really... Um, Thanks you're, for having me. You know, it's been too many years that I've done this show and haven't had you on. And um, I'm so glad it finally worked out to have you on the show today. So if I may do a brief introduction to the listeners here and start off by, okay. by saying multi-instrumentalist, musician, composer, and producer Clark Gayton has toured and recorded with countless musicians, including the Duke Ellington Orchestra, Sting, Ray Charles, Prince, Stevie Wonder, Whitney Houston, Bruce Springsteen, and the Levon Helm Midnight Ramble Band, just to name a few. He's also appeared in several movies. And with that, a warm, wholehearted welcome to Local Motion, Mr. Clark Gayton. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for that nice introduction. Well, you know, I've, I've been watching you perform in various incarnations with various bands for maybe close to a decade at this point. Yeah. And um, until I started doing my homework, I had no idea of how your discography, I mean, we could sit here and talk for two hours, if not more, just all the different people that you've played with. But what I always like to do is I like to go back in time a little bit and say, Clark uh-huh. Gayton, this is your life. And <laughs> um, <laughs> and start off by saying you were born in Seattle. Yeah? Yes, that's correct. And then, is that where you grew up as well? Yeah, there was like a little strange glitch there right at the beginning. I was born in Seattle and my father got a job as an FBI agent. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had to move to, to the, uh, in the Philly area. So early on, I, we moved to, uh, I think it was Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Yeah. And we, we stayed there for a few years until uh, uh, he got another job in California. So we, we made a detour to California and then headed back to Seattle around 1967. And from, from, from then on, I was in Seattle until I graduated from high school. And music, it sounds like you have a very musical family, from what I understand. Yes, I had my, on my, well, actually, on both sides of my family, there was a, there was a musical connection. Uh, but my grandmother's side, in particular, there was a very deep history that goes way back to New Orleans and Algiers, uh, even before the turn of the century. So there's always been someone in the family that was involved in music. That's, in New Orleans for a very long time. Yeah. That is so cool. So cool. And um, you're the great-grand-nephew of the legendary New Orleans musician Manuel Fesmanetta, yeah? That's correct, yeah. Damn. All right. Yeah. So this yeah, stuff yeah. runs in your blood. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's what they say. It's, <laughs> it, it, uh, it's, it's funny because that you, you just kind of gravitate, gravitate towards certain things, and you just really just don't have any explanation for it. But mm-hmm. then my grandmother started telling me about her relatives, and I said, well, I guess... I guess maybe it does. there is something to that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, it kind of works. Now, your first instrument, tuba. It was. Uh, uh, it's essentially. I did start on piano and then played cornet for a little while, and then um, uh, I graduated to the uh, tuba. You know, with a little encouragement from my band director, so I, uh, you know, I just decided to, to play tuba, and then I kind of took to it, had a knack for it, and I just stuck with it until. Uh, yeah, tuba. So tuba was essentially where, where I started. That's where I got the most experience from. It was on the tuba, doing them local orchestras and brass ensembles. That's that so cool. So your school, your high school, middle school had music. I'm guessing in it. So you, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. 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 My yeah. In my middle school, they had a had music programs, band and orchestra, and then small ensembles, that sort of thing. Did you take music lessons from private lessons? I eventually I did. I think um, at at some point they started saying, uh, you know, this guy's got some ability. You might want to kind of hone it in there. Suggested my mother, you know, kind of hook me up with a teacher. So I started uh, studying with a a uh, graduate student at the University of Washington and uh, started learning. Orchestral music. Nice. Through him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you went to Berkeley back over in Boston. Yes. That's... I to Berkeley and uh, studied and graduated from there. That's really cool. So you, like, went from one side of the country basically as far as you can go over to the other side of the country. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you wonder if there's a further place to go if I would have done it. But <laughs> I, was, I, was re- I, was, I was ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, and and at Berkeley, tell me about your experience there. You had some pretty um, profound teachers there, yeah? You had some great teachers, but the students were really, at Berkeley, that was really the thing at that time. I mean, the, the students were exceptional. I mean, Jeff Watts was there, Greg oh. Osby, oh. Um, uh, Stan Lane, uh, Kevin Batchelor. Uh, there was a whole, uh, Terry Lynn Carrington. It was oh. just a, it was just so many people going to school there at the time. So the students were really the, uh, the, the experience. Of course, the teachers are outstanding, but the students, you know, just kind of interacting with them was like really amazing. Did you play out experience. in bands while you were in Boston going to Berkeley? I did some gigs. I played, uh, I did some local gigs with the Dells. Uh-huh. <laughs> Remember those guys? Yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, some, you know, if, if the four tops came to town, I would do that, you know, uh, what do you those, mean? Those if the are... four tops just came to town and you would just do that, how how does one get that lucky? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, uh, well, you know, it's, what happens is in those days, and and it, it still happens a little bit today. Is those kind of bands would travel with a with an MD that had music for for the show, <clears throat> so they would come to town instead of carrying a, a band around. On the road, they would pick up local musicians. Ah, so, mm-hmm. so if you came to Boston, uh, they would get in touch with a local contractor and say, "Well, we need a trombone, the two trombones, or two trumpets. Do you, do you know any people?" And then they would uh, get the, the two guys that they think would be best for the job, and then you you come in and, and read the music, do a rehearsal, do the do the show, and uh, maybe if they had two or three uh, gigs that week, you just you do the uh, do that run. Wow. And that's yeah, that's that's how that's how it was. Yeah, it's not really that like that anymore. But that's how they how they did in those days. Wow, that's a pretty cool gig to get while you're in college. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they they took advantage of the fact that we were students, right? <laughs> but but it was still a great experience. I mean, they, they paid us a, a fraction of what they what they paid a guy. But you know what? To there. get that on your discography to start out with as a musician, I'm sure is pretty. Oh cool. man, yeah, yeah it, was, yeah, it was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. And what happened? Yeah, no doubt. And what did you do after you graduated Berkeley? Uh, after I, I moved to Oakland, mm-hmm. uh, to the Bay Area, my mother was living there, and um, she was like, "Well, come check it out. You could kind of, you know, just you'll stay with me until you figure out what you're going to do." Because I still had no idea after graduating from Berkeley, like what, you know, what is being a professional musician? What does right. that actually mean? Sure. I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I went out there and I kind of kicked around a little bit, joined some local community orchestras and uh then my you know my number and my name started getting kicked around and i en- ended up uh doing a lot of local gigs in with uh, uh latin bands and world beat bands in the, in the bay area so cool and 
And, you know, and I continued to do it, and I linked up with Adele's again in San Francisco. <laughs> so I did that that gig again, and a couple of gigs with the Four Tops and, and the, uh, the Delphonics, that sort of thing. Oh, man, that's and, so cool. And what were you listening to, like, when you were going to college? What kind of music were you into? I was, I was, uh, I, I was really into, I was totally into Basie, totally mm-hmm. into Ellington. Mm-hmm. And really into Freddie Hubbard, and and uh, and I started getting into the jazz messengers when I got to college. So I was really into that, and uh, I was just really feeling out what I was able to do. I loved guys like Raul de Souza. I loved George Duke. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I liked uh, all the stuff that Quincy Jones was doing with Michael Jackson, and that. And so I was like really into jazz and into R and B music. I was really really in, heavily into that. And I'll take one more than the other, but I was just. Just playing music that that I could be that I could participate in musically. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. So, you, how long were you in Oakland for after college? I was there for I was about there there for three years, and uh, I, I played with a whole bunch of people. I was out there, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and then at some point, somebody just really just sat me down. We we're coming off a gig, and he was driving me home. He's like, "Man." you're at the point now where you really have to get out of here or you'll never leave. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if I were you in your position, you should just get a plane ticket to, to New York and, and see what you could do. Mm-hmm. And so I just took it and took his advice. And that was after about three years in the beer and I just got a plane ticket to New York. And you haven't left since. I haven't left. Well, I, I left uh, about a year ago uh, to, to, to move to um, uh, West Virginia mm-hmm. just to, just to kind of suss out the situation. So I just took a little break down there and, uh, and then, and then they up coming back. I'm in, back in Brooklyn now. Beautiful, so. beautiful. So tell me about being like, what, 21, 22 years old, coming to New York. How did you get some of the incredible gigs that you got? I mean, from what I understand, you spent like four years with Duke Ellington Orchestra? I did, uh, under the direction of Mercer Ellington, which is his son, which was his son. Damn. And uh, so that was great. But uh, when I got to New York, it was it was really just... I had eight hundred dollars and a plane ticket and my trombone. That's it. And uh-huh. I stayed at the. I, I got. I caught a, a plane here, one way ticket, uh, and then I just got a room at the the Y on Twenty Third Street. Yeah. And just and just uh, every night I went out and just played with every band I could that would let me sit in wow. sit in with. And then I ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> so that just started a whole other, uh, you know trajectory after that after trying to figure that out but what what it had what had happened to make a long story short as I, I was literally out of money i had all my all my bags with me and i was st- sitting in front of macy's you know with my yeah. face in my hands and i was Aww. like what and then my first cousin from seattle walked in front of me what yeah <laughs> and i was like no rochelle <laughs> and, she, and she's like clark what are you doing here and i said i I don't know. I have nowhere to go. I don't, I don't have anyone. She, she says, well, you're coming home with me. Oh, know? my God. My God, if yeah. that's not a sign, she just plopped out in front of you? She just walked in front of me in, in the middle, on, in, in front of Macy's. <laughs> I, 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 I swear with my hand on, G, on, on the Bible, I, I, that's exactly what happened. And she just had me, uh, she says, get your stuff. And she took me back on the train to... Uh, uh, Brooklyn and Bayside. Wow! She had, and, and I just stayed on the couch and uh, did the same thing. I just played, sat in, played with everybody that would that would let me. And um, and then somebody uh, until um, somebody hooked me up with a job at Radio City Music Hall. So I started working there as an usher and continued just to sit in with people. And uh, and I just started getting uh, started getting more work. 
and uh, I was able to get my own place after about a month. Wow. Staying with my cousin, and then I and I got my own place in Jamaica, Queens, and uh, just and literally just built from there. That is one hell of a story, Clark. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always tell my cousin that she was if if she hadn't have walked by at that exact time. Right. Things would have just been a lot different. A lot yeah. more, a lot different. I, who knows what would happen? Man, it's amazing how fate sometimes just like, or, you know, I know many people don't believe in it, but boy, talk about being in the right place at the right time. Oh, just the timing. I mean, just I just literally just gave up. Wow. And, and, and and she just walked by, and then uh, that changed everything. Wow, it sure did. It sure did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, come on, look at I, I look at these names that you've played with, and and I mean, again, Duke Ellington, hello, Count Basie, um, Ray Charles, which is like one of my top. Tell me how you got these gigs. How people found well, out about you? Well, Ray Charles, that thing happened. Um, because of um, Delfeo Marcellus, who was uh, and Branford Marcellus, his younger brother, who mm-hmm. plays trombone, mm-hmm. and he was actually playing with Ray Charles at the time, and he um, he was uh, he had some gigs that he couldn't make, so he called me. I was I was living in the Bay Area at the time, and uh, no, I was actually I, I I was in New York. That's what happened. I was in New York, and I had to fly out into L.A. to do the audition. Or, wow. or, and, and, and so I got I got the gig through Delfeo. Uh, and, uh, so like, that's, that's just how that just and I and I the reason I know Delfeo was from Berkeley. So all these things are, you know, it's it's really just this really wide web that you try to cast mm-hmm. early on. You just you just try to sort of cast your web out as far or your net as as far and, and wide as you possibly can, and just hope that something comes back. It's all about you know? connecting the dots, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and just the last job that you do, just trying to do the best you can with that job, and and if you do a good job, people will, you know, they'll they'll talk about you. Say, well, this guy was great. You know, he came in, he was on time, and uh, he played the music well. He reads well, and uh, he took a solo, so were decent. And uh, wow, and uh, and uh, and then uh, that's that's basically how you all you really have is your reputation at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely, hundred hundred percent, and and um, the legendary Whitney Houston, same thing. You just like that was through a um, uh, my association with Wyclef, uh-huh. Jane John uh, from the Fugees. Wow, because mm-hmm. I because I, I had been recording with him. Uh, uh, oh, and and I, and I knew I I met him through a saxophone player named Robert Aaron. Who was playing with him at the time, and he, you know, played with uh, Sheik and also you know, uh, Nile Rogers and uh, David Bowie. Wow. And I met and I met him through um, a Haitian band that I was playing with in Queens. So that was, it's just so it's so weird. You just really have to play every time you walk into a place. You you just have no idea who, who you're, you're playing meet. with. Yeah, and who and you're yeah, going to meet and, and who's sitting there, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you think, well, this is the worst gig in the world, and if you treat it like that people remember that they're sitting there you know you have no idea who this who you're insulting if you're if you're you know if you're you know downing a gig and, and this gig was definitely a, a horrible 50 dollar gig in um in brooklyn right. uh, way back in the in the in the late 80s and uh we hit it off i mean and robert aaron hit it off and then he put me on with um the uh the fujis wow and and then from from that um he put on a show with whitney houston at Carnegie Hall. Oh my! And they asked, God. and so we, yeah, we were called to to be the backup uh, horn section for that show. Did her voice raise the hair on your arms, or what? 
it was pretty incredible. It was, uh, she, uh, she came into rehearsal and, uh, what, you know, she, when she came in with an entourage and everything like that, I was, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I just figured maybe she was just going to come in and just listen to us play a little bit. She's like, okay, that's cool. And then she just leave. But she, she came in and threw down and I was like, wow, this is, and you know, the rehearsal was, she had just as much as intensity as a show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wow. I was really, yeah, she really threw down. And then the, of course, we did the show at uh, at Carnegie Hall. She she really just tore the roof off. Oh, please! Wow! Yeah, yeah. What a legend! What a legend! I'll never forget Whitney singing the Star Spangled Banner there at the 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 oh, um, yeah. Super Bowl. Oh, Icon- iconic! Yeah, iconic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There'll never yes. be another Whitney. Boy, oh boy! And and yeah. Stevie Wonder. Hello. No. Well, that's crazy. That's that's probably even a crazy, cra- that's a pretty crazy story too. I I played with him at the the inauguration of uh, of Obama. What? <laughs> Barack Obama? Yeah, that's how that went down. Oh yeah. my God! Like in the White House or out out on the uh, on the uh, the memorial? Like is that you know, the, yeah. Come you know, you know on! Had, Come yeah. on! Jeez! Yeah, so that's, uh, wow! That was. Yeah, that couldn't. It, it didn't get any better. I mean, the only the only thing could have been better was the weather because I think the the temperature was like it was literally three degrees outside. Yeah, sure, because that's <laughs> January, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah but you right were on the water, yeah. dude. You were there for history. Oh yeah, that that's the thing about it. It's like this Stevie Wonder and uh, Barack Obama being you know sworn in. It was pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah, boy, yeah. oh boy. Jeez, yeah. Clark, man, I hope you're taking notes on this stuff and uh, writing a memoir or something. Well, I probably should because you know I you know I start to feel my memory slip away. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go back yeah. in time a little bit and say, "Whoa, yeah. look at all this stuff! It's pretty amazing," you know. Well, luckily some of it's documented. That's the you know, and I've always t- I've taken a lot of pictures. Also, as you probably know, yes, you are one hell of a photographer. Now, let me ask you: Have you you've been all around the world? But is there a country you haven't played in that you've always wanted to? I always wanted to um, to do more stuff in Africa. Mm-hmm. If I had to do anything, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, Europe. Um, I've you know, I'm you know, I feel like I've lived there, and I actually did live in Berlin for in, a couple years. Yeah, and no, for a couple months, I should say. It felt like a couple years, but it was a couple months I lived in Berlin. But I, uh, Europe, I've I'm, I've been there so many times. I love it. I absolutely love it. I adore Europe. Mm-hmm. I love going there. Yeah. Um, and I've been to South Africa, but I haven't been to you know, like Ghana, Nigeria, places like that. That's, I'd really love to to check that out, get a, get a little piece of that. But uh, and what about the Far East? You've been there? Yes, I have. Not as much as I'd like, but I have done that. I I toured uh, the Far East with what uh, Steel Pulse, who mm-hmm. I played with, and also um, um, Sting. Oh wow! Yeah, we toured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we toured mm-hmm. the Far East. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. All right. Travel the world. You must have lots of airline miles. <laughs> you know what? This, I you know I, n- I never did that. I, I it's like the, probably one of the worst mistakes of my life. I just kind of just just I basically never signed up for a program. Yeah, man. Could you imagine? You'd be traveling now for free all over the place with all the I miles. I, 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 I you know, and every once in a while, I just yeah, well, yeah, maybe now's the time to get back into it. And then I start some kind of membership, and I forget the card. And, <laughs> I just dropped the ball completely. Just, but 
Maybe yeah. I'll get another shot at it. Yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. You definitely yeah. have lots of time ahead of you. And then, of course, you have a beautiful connection here to the Hudson Valley with um, Lee Von Helm and the Midnight Ramble Band. How'd you get started there? That's uh, it's a complicated thing, and it's another situation where, um, you know, this bone's connected to to that bone, and and just things how they just kind of you know formulate. But I was um. You know, as you know, I have a long association with uh, Brian Mitchell. Yeah. And also... I wonder Stephen if he's Bernstein. listening from Italy right now. I hope so. What's <laughs> up, my man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, so what it, what had happened is uh, Steve Bernstein and Eric Lawrence were actually the horn section for Leon at the time, and Steve couldn't make a gig. And so he calls me. Don't know why I don't play trumpet, but he he <laughs> called me. So and he, uh, so yeah, I, I think he just said something like it's it's a very heads up gig, and uh, you know he, he felt that he could trust me with just kind of coming up with the thing spontaneously, you know, as they did right right at the time. So um, so I came in and I uh, for a couple uh, for the first time and it worked out really well. Do Even you remember was, who was, was at the show the first time you played the ramble? The first guest? Yes. No, for you when you were like when you first got there, or did you? Were you at the start of it? Were you there for like the first one? No, I was not there. That was Steve and Eric. They were there for the first right first ones, I believe. So when and, but the first ones, that may not have even had horns. Most likely, you didn't. Right. You probably right. had their horns later. Right. So when you were there, do you remember the first guest there? The first guest, I do not uh-huh. remember mm-hmm. who the first guest was. I remember who was in the band. Um. Jimmy Vivino was the, was the MD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mike Merritt was playing bass. Oh, wow. Yeah, Brian, yeah, Brian of course. And, uh... Oh, man. And I think Larry... Larry was was there. was okay. def- definitely there, but I think it was uh, Jimmy Vivino just kind of, um, was, you know, putting up the hoops. Right, 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 <laughs> so, right, right. And so, and so I did that, and then, um... I did it a couple times, and then I, I I ran into Brian. I think down, you know, as we you know, we used to hook up on gigs all the time in the Lower East Side, and he was like, "Well, did they call did you? Uh, so you come in this Saturday?" I said, "No." He says, "No, Levi wants you to come 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 this Saturday." I said, "I I haven't heard anything," and he says, "No, you know, he, you're supposed to come up. I'm I'm positive." <laughs> he said, "So so so," I said. I nobody you know he's just don't don't just 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 you know I'll pick, come pick you up we're gonna go out there and just meet you here and then so I just, I just went out there and uh, but apparently Levon had been trying to get me to to go there but I just it just never got back to me oh and uh, yeah so so a couple weeks had passed and then I just started coming up and uh, he was like well you know we want you to Levon's like I'd like you you to you know hang out with us. Whatever you could make it. Oh man, nice! And that's, it was just just like that. He sets he sits you down and at the at the table in the kitchen. You know, as we all know that that table with the red Dixie and, cups. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the Coca Cola bottles. You know. It, oh man. Oh, and, and you had some amazing shows at that place. Yeah, it was it was great. You know, it was uh, it was really really a lot of fun. You know, doing all of that and. Uh, course howard came back at some point i can't remember exactly the circumstances of he just started uh uh coming coming back to the shows and mm-hmm. uh and then we had a nice horn section we had about five horns up there oh. jay collins and uh 
Howard Johnson, Eric, and, and Steve. So we had a we had a ball kicking. And I love, always love the way Levon had his drum set on the side there, where he could watch all of you. And it was just nonstop smile for him as he walked into that room, you know, and it was just such a great camaraderie amongst all you guys in such a small space. It's just really cool. Well, he was really, he, he was really, he really, well, that was really how he really did. He really did guide the band from that, from that vantage point. He mm-hmm. was really able to just like, he, he kept his eyes on everybody and he wanted you to keep your eyes on him. And he, and he had the ability to, you know, to, get you to do what he wanted you to do when it, when it, when he wanted you to do it. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I really liked that. I really enjoyed how he, how he handled that right, from right. that position. Yeah. Right. Right. And of course, you know, the barn's still going. I always have to tell people that it's still going and, uh, you know, you can always check out levonhelm.com for all that info and all that good stuff. Now, Clark, yep. you also, I want to mention two more people. Um, Prince, the legendary yeah. Prince, I mean, I know again, connect the dots, but connect the dots for me on that one. That is a little harder to explain, but I'll <laughs> tell you the facts as I know, as I know them, as you remember <laughs> so, them to be. <laughs> yeah, I literally had just gotten back with a tour with with Sting. It had maybe been about a month, so this is in '97, and then uh, I still had a landline, and I was laying in bed. I'm, hopefully I was asleep. I'm not really sure, but I, uh, it was about three in the morning and the phone rang and I was like, Oh, this is a very strange sounding ring. It didn't sound like, um, a regular ring. It was just, it was, it was crazy. I was like, I was like, I was scared to answer the phone. I was like, okay, well, let me just pick up the phone. And I was like, hello. And they said, hello, is this Clark Gaten? Some, some dude with some <laughs> really Whoa. weird voice. And I said, yes, this uh, the artist would like to know if you'd like to uh, come to his studio in Paisley Park and, and do a record what? with the artist. And so I was like, and then he just hung up. What? Just like that. He just hung up. Did and you think was it like, was what? like a gag or something or what? I, I, I didn't even have time to think. I said, I was just like, what in the world was that? And then the phone rings back with that same weird, and I, hello, is this Clark Gate? And I said, yes. He says, well, the artist would like to know if you, I said, okay, you, you, you said that. I said, well, what, what are the details? When are you, uh, yes, we have a plane ticket for you at, at Newark airport. We're leaving the airport at 10 a.m. Can you do it? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so I was, and so every, every fiber of my body was like saying, no, <laughs> it's too insane. And I, and I was like, I got to check this out. Yeah. I got to check this out. This is just something you just got to check out. Yeah. And, too good not to. Yeah, you know, it, it, how, even if it goes completely off the rails, I have to check this out. I have to see it. It's just, well, the, yes, uh, Mr. Clark Caton, the, the ticket will be paid in full. And at the, at the gate, and he gave me the gate number. So I go out to the gate at two hours before, you know, I'm supposed to take off. And, and I asked for the ticket, and they, and they said, if, we don't have no ticket under your name. Oh. And, then I, and then I said, then I was like, do I have to really explain this to them? Right. They said, well, what, what, they're like, it's going to sound insane. They're like, well, did you buy this? I said, no, uh, Prince bought it. <laughs> <laughs> they said, who? I said, Prince. <sighs> they said, well, we'll look up Prince. But we, and they looked it up and said, well, sorry, sir. We don't see Prince. Oh. With it, with it. <laughs> so, so I was like, all right, well. So I called the number that I had. Oh, the ticket's not ready. Oh, well, can you... Can you float us the money? <laughs> can, can, 
Oh my god! <laughs> Can you buy the ticket and then we'll pay you back? I was like, I knew this was going to be a trip, right? And I, but, but I was already in. I was like, I got to, I got to see this through. So I I paid for the ticket. Yeah. Well, and I bought the ticket to Minneapolis, and um, they came to pick me up in a purple limousine. Get out! And uh, you know, and uh, and what year was this? Do you know? Ninety-seven. Wow! Yeah. Wow! And then, and so they they gave me all the ground rules and stuff like that. And and, and talk also, about this studio. I mean, Paisley Park. Come on, this is. Yeah, it was in his in his in his house. He lived there, and he had the, the studio there, and performance center, and a basketball court behind <laughs> the rehearsal studio. Holy um, crap! And um, yeah, he hand painted basketball court that he did all the artwork on the court. It was really really weird but they paid me back as soon as i got there they paid for the plane ticket as soon as i got there yeah, yeah. so and uh five minutes later we we're in rehearsal we had it the, you know as soon as we got to, uh, to the hotel i put you know my bags down got a call you know the artists are like you in the rehearsal so we went to rehearse for about nine hours wow yeah and wow. From, after the rehearsal they gave us a, a videotape and uh told us to learn the show because it's going to be a, a gig right after uh, after the next rehearsal. So we learned the video, and then uh, after we learned the video, there's another rehearsal. Wow! So we hadn't been to bed, so we you know we were up for hours. Oh my god! And then we rehearsed again, and then uh, went into the studio. It got, it got really strange because I didn't know what time it was because you're never leaving the complex ever. Ever you start getting into this weird right space. It's- so, yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I didn't know what time it was, and I was going back every once in a while to just take the little cat naps and be back in the studio. But it went on and on, and it got really, got really weird. But did we, yeah, we did the recordings, the ones that you that I sent, one of the ones that I sent, which you. is what I'm going to play. Yeah, when you love somebody. Yeah. 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 That's a great. It's a great track. T- typical Prince kind of riff. I, I love. Doing were you that. allowed to take pictures while you were there? No. No. no there were so many, so many rules. I mean, we couldn't. We're instructed to not look at him what? <laughs> during rehearsals. Yeah, we like all, had all these rules. Don't don't look at him in the eye, and you know there's a uh, don't uh, you know address him a certain way. Don't call him Prince. Wow. It was it was really all this weird, very strange, very odd, wow. and strange goings on. So it was very mysterious. And uh, you know, after the show was over and all the our work was done, he he pulled me backstage and said, "Yeah, I'd like for you to go on the road with me and tour." And I was like, you know what, I think. I think I should just go home. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. This, this, yeah. I just, so I just left. I just went home and I, you know, I, because I knew you just can't negotiate when you're not at home. It's right. just not a good, a good place to negotiate. So I waited till I got home and then I talked to him about it and we couldn't come to anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, but it was a great, it was a really amazing experience. I mean, working with him was very, very funny. He's a very funny dude. Wow. And, He's uh, coming out with a new album. I should say his estate is coming out with a new album this Friday. Um, really? Yeah. I did not know that. It's called Welcome to America. It's a 2010 project from Prince's Library. And apparently, and I was just watching 60 Minutes the other day, they had rebroadcasted um, one of his producers there. Um, you know, there's so much music. He could literally release an album every year until the end of the decade, end of the century. There's that much music that he has in that library. 
And that what you just said about getting that call at 3 a.m., that was like typical for him. His his yeah. backup singers there um, would get calls at 2 or 3 in the morning where he'd say, hey, what are you doing? And a woman would say, yeah. I'm sleeping. He's like, hey, would you mind coming in now? I'm ready to rehearse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. And it, and it got really weird because the, the lighting in there is really spacey. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just like it's really a dreamlike kind of atmosphere. You just don't really have any sense of time. And, but he's he's right upstairs the whole time. And one time I was like, wow, this, I felt a little, you know, like something, you know. I was like, man, this, I feel strange. So I looked up. All, he goes, the whole, and he's standing up. At, it's shaped like a, a fishbowl, his whole studio. Wow. And so he, he was up at the top just looking down, just watching everybody. Yeah. Just watching this, this world. So he's like always observing everybody and just seeing what their what their vibe is eccentric to say the least um oh yeah yeah real words yeah 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 yeah. meticulous and then we also of course have to mention um that guy that's doing some stuff on broadway right now that you're oh yeah (laughs) did you see that show? show i just did i just happened to see the show about two weeks ago and yeah it's amazing. It's spectacular. And it's um, just him on stage. And by the way, we have to say we're talking about Bruce Springsteen. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because people are listening to this and they're probably like, who are they talking about? So I just had to oh, say right. that. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So it was spectacular. It's just him and his guitar. And then eventually um, Patty comes out and, and, and accompanies him on a couple of numbers. And that's really nice. But it's just him basically telling you stories about uh, his uh, the trajectory of his life and things that kind of shapes who he is today. Yeah. And it's very, very interesting. And I mean, you know, his, uh, just, uh, you know, his skill set is just so amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, just for, to, to be able to do something like that, you just, it's just not an easy thing to do. It yeah. really just takes, it really just takes a pair to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, I think I, when you and I, when I saw you at the show there a month or so ago, um, with Brian and Lella, um, I told you about I saw Springsteen years ago, like decades ago, and I thought I was seeing the E Street Band, and I saw him up at Albany at the Knickerbocker. I don't know what brand name it's called now, um, and it was just him and a piano and um, and a, and a, a guitar. And I imagine that's kind of what he's doing now on on Broadway. And he captivated the audience for over two hours, and yeah. it was, I mean, he, magnetic, magnetic. Yeah, he just really, he just knows how to do it. Yeah. And I, I don't really, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's funny, you know, to, you know, there's a lot of people that I run into because, you know, as great as Bruce is, not everybody's a Bruce fan. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think, well, what's the big deal? I, and I was like, he's just doing this and he's just doing that. I said, you know what? You, you just really have to experience what he does to really get it. Right. You know, right, right. You just, you just really just have to just be there and just check out what he's able to do, and you know, and then, you, and, then re- and then when you actually see him do it, you realize I don't really know anybody that could really anybody else that can actually do that. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know anybody mm-hmm. that could uh, go out there and I mean, he what he can do with a small room uh, like the theater. Well, I think it's the St. James Theater is what it was called, but um. He's able to do with ninety thousand people. Right. That's the that's the other thing. It's like he can get ninety thousand people in the palm of his hand. Right. And just get them to do. He could just have his way with them. Yeah. And it's and it, and he could do that with a small audience. He could do that with just him and a guitar. Right. Or he could do it with a band. Right. It's a, it's a 
Hey, listen, you don't have to like his music or like, but you got to respect him. I mean, the guy's a total American icon. And, you know, I mean, Springsteen is is a musical genius at what he does. A hundred percent, hundred percent. You've recorded with him as well? Yeah, I did a few things with him. I did a couple records with the the Seegers, Seeger uh, Sessions, or Uh the Sessions Band. Yeah. Um, that was, I guess, started around 2005. Then I recorded with the E Street Band on Wrecking Ball. Oh, fun. I believe it. Yeah, I think I'm on that. <laughs> I think so. I can't, I can't remember. I think I, I believe I am on that, but I, um, it starts getting blurry because he, he does record a lot, too, and I've done several things with him. Right, right. Um... Up at his studio, and uh, I don't really know what song is for what record. Right, right. Then, You're just there recording. Yeah, I'm just there recording, and, and then things just kind of come out, and there's my name. So I don't, I don't really know. But uh, I did something on Western Stars too, and I forgot about that session completely. <laughs> so I'm on that record. See what happens so, if you would write all this stuff down? You'd know it all. You got, yeah, yeah. You'd have got so you, much you, going you on. Not, yeah, you just yeah, you just you're just not thinking about it at the time. You're just like trying to just get out the door, right, right, and, yeah, uh, and yeah. Do, just and then move on and... to the next thing. Now, I, I, you know, I mean, and and you know, COVID's been a crazy time for music and the arts and theater and concerts and all of that. You're not seeing big concerts coming out yet, but they're starting to. You know, I guess in the fall and in the spring, it looks like you know, Steely yeah. Dan and all these people are doing concerts again and all of that. What's what's this past year been like for you? Uh, it's been it hasn't been that bad. It it um it's definitely weird. I don't really know what it was. I don't know what happened really. <laughs> I don't really know what that was. It's, it's just like wow. I, and even in the middle of it, I'm just like, what in the world is this? You can't really couldn't compare it to anything because it right never happened. No, it never happened. So it's like wow. Okay, well, but what I did do is um. Right before this went down, I had applied for a, uh, to play with a um, with Arturo Farrell. He had like some kind of mm-hmm. grant that he had gotten, mm-hmm. and he needed musicians to participate in this project that he was doing. So I said, "Well, I just finished doing a tour with Little Steven. Yeah, and so I was I didn't really have anything on my plate because that that tour lasted about three years. Wow. So I didn't really have anything on my plate. So I was just like, "Well, let me just sign up for it and just see what happens.'" So I signed up for it, and then he called me in for an audition, which is basically we just sat down and we just talked about music mm-hmm. for about a half hour. And then he, so he got me on that project. So as soon as COVID hit, we started working on his project remotely. Ah, uh-huh. So, yeah, so while we were doing shows and we were doing concerts remotely, and then we started doing um, COVID-safe type of performances that were broadcast on, on cable networks. And so I was up in New York I had to, to move to West Virginia with my sister, like I was telling you before. Mm-hmm. And so I just stayed there just to kind of watch what, what happens. And so I, uh, and so I was able to, to be, have that vantage point while I was down, down there and, and just come up to New York when, when I needed to play with Arturo. Right. right. And so that's what I did. And, uh, so I, I was working in New York with, with Arturo maybe once a month the, the entire time. Wow. Wow. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I was also, recording remotely for for different records and i actually produced a couple records um 
remotely. So I was able to get musicians together and put out singles and stuff for people. Oh, wow. Uh, during so the you whole were, time. You so, were yeah. busy. I was relatively busy. I yeah. was relatively busy. I was traveling back and forth and recording at home and and uh and I was working on a new project myself from some new music. So I had my hands full. It was it actually worked out quite well, but it was definitely very confusing. You don't know not really knowing what how what's happening right. in your future. Right, exactly. And when the world is gonna open up again, if ever it's gonna open up again if and get ever. back to yeah. yeah. Yeah, and get back to normal. Now I also be remiss um if I didn't quickly talk that you've been in a few movies too. Yes. How? Yes, uh, why? You love movies. You love film. You love music. I love it. it it's yeah, you know. right. I I, I got to, oh, you know once again when I first got to New York. One of my connections just I was just just trying to be cast my net out as as far and wide as I could, and I got uh, a job as an extra in a Spike Lee movie love back it. in the eighties. Love it. And uh, it was called Mo Better Blues. That movie, and, and it just turns out. You know, Denzel Washington's in it, and I just happened to know some of the guys in the band, Jeff Watts and Terrence Blanchard. Oh, wow, they were in that band. Oh, my God, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Terrence was like a consultant, and so like that. So I got to know them, so I started talking with them, and then they're, they're like, I met a guy named Ricky Gordon that was working on that that show, and uh, we stayed in touch, and then Ricky calls me and says, well, Spike's doing another movie called Malcolm X. Wow. Do you want to, you know, do you want to get down? So I was like, yeah, of course. So we, I did that. That movie was Spike, uh, uh, Malcolm X. And then I did another thing with um, Wesley Snipes after that. Just All this stuff is just kind of extra stuff, glorified extra, where you're kind of like playing a horn player. You know, there's no, no real acting involved. You're just kind of holding a horn and looking perplexed. But kind of cool, kind of cool, because, yeah. you know, that whole yeah. film thing oh, is, it's, it's cool. I like, it. I like doing it. I like doing it. It's another world, and you're getting paid, and, you know, it's just looking at, you know, pretty girls all day isn't so bad, <laughs> but, uh, um, oh. and there's, you know, there's plenty of that. But I, um, and then, uh, I can't remember, I think what, what happened after that, I, I got it, I did a thing with Robert Altman, it called Kansas City, and Steve Bernstein was involved with that also. Oh, wow, okay, and, yeah. And so I did that Altman movie, and that was kind of like, um, that was gotten by uh, Altman. Actually, went around New York City and um, just looked for musicians that he dug, that were eclectic, wow. you know, eclectic blend. So he basically found me down at uh, the uh, Time Cafe playing with the Mingus Band, and so he's like, "I want this guy." Oh and, my uh, gosh! Wow! And so that that's how that happened, and so uh, yeah, just kept on, just kept that thing is just really more of a. Uh, you know, st- just a stroke of luck type situation where you just have to literally be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And that's the same, uh, you know, and just recently um, in January, I got a, a gig doing uh, a TV show, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Love and so I, I, so I was doing that starting in January. So I was, uh, we were taping that up until about two weeks ago. Oh, that's so wonderful. And that's taping in Brooklyn, I think you said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's another thing. I happen to know the... Uh, the contractor for that and she just had my number and we'd worked on some other projects together and she and my name came up again and she's like yo that is such a hit show it's unbelievable do you know when the next season is going to be out i do not know that Mm -hmm. um i don't i yeah i i'm hoping sooner than later and did you get dressed up nice like they have the best costumes oh yeah they 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 got us some nice stuff did you get to keep it 
no, oh. no, 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 they, they made sure that that, that didn't happen. You know, like all the people that, that you could have asked to keep the stuff, they were not available there on oh. the last taping. So it was kind of like, you know, just give us your stuff and you'll get out. Right. So, right. so but it, it's all good. There's, I, there's nowhere I would have, it was really nice stuff though. When you, when you see it, uh, on, on, on the screen, it's going to be, it's very, all the stuff really pops. They're really good at, at, at getting stuff that just really just jumps off. The, yeah. Off the, great off costume the designers, great um, makeup lighting. artists, lighting, the yeah. whole sound production. All of it is just fantastic on that show. They top notch that. So, yeah, congratulations on getting yeah. that done. So, uh, and Clark, what else is going on? What are you, what are you up to now? I know you're doing some, some solo stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I did a nice gig at Bar Ludatico on Sunday, which is fantastic. I loved that gig. That was so fun just oh. to play jazz again because oh, I really, nice. that's just my, uh, that's my, my home base is the jazz music. So we, we just got to play just tunes, you know, with uh, Ben Stivers who was there, you know, great Ben Stivers and uh, Saul Rubin was on guitar. Wow. And wow. Uh, Dave Gibson on drums, who I know from, we've played, when I first, Played with the Basie band. He was the drummer with the Basie band, Dave Damn. Gibson. Oh my gosh! And so it was good to good to connect with him. Can it was, bring, it was just... bring some of that stuff like to the Falcon or something, or to the Hudson Valley here? I know you and I'd Brian play. I mean, come on, you and Brian. I yeah. mean, we have to listen. We're in the Hudson Valley. We have to talk about Fat Boy Canooch for a minute because okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too yeah, much fun. Yeah. Too much fun. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my. You know, that's one of the projects. That, you know, I'll just. I mean, you know, I, you know, I hate to say it, but there would be a lot of uh, gigs that I would cancel, you know, like if I had to say, well, Fat Boy Knooch or this tour, which which would you do? And <laughs> unfortunately, I'm just most of the times Fat Boy Knooch is gonna would win out. You know, two weeks with Fat Boy or two weeks with a uh, Usher. I'm just like, ah, Fat Boy, Fat Boy. <laughs> oh man, so much fun! And you and Brian have such a great camaraderie. I mean, you guys are such fun together and you guys are just like buddies you know and it, it comes out in your music too just so so much fun to see you guys perform live i mean you get the crowd up and going and it's just like you're in new orleans and you know wherever you guys are playing that's how it is and so yeah, much fun I, to I, see I just, you guys i just hope I, well, one day we could kind of get it to more people you know be, i'd love to have more people enjoy it and so that's what we're working on now is trying to get a, a get to Europe at some point. Yeah, yeah, you should. I yeah. mean, geez, if him and James made it to Italy, you guys, um, yeah, you know, yeah, just, just need, I just, we just, all we, all we need is a week. Yeah. We just need a week somewhere in, in some, some place crazy like Hamburg and it's over. Oh my God. Oh my God. The Germans <laughs> would love you. Oh my God. Of course. God. It's like, you know, you know, sousaphone and, and, and uh, Oh, God, come on. Yeah, yeah, they would just love it. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh, I'd go over there just to see you guys in Germany because my whole family is over there. So it's be like, come on, everybody. Let's go see Fat Boy. Don't you speak speak, uh, speak German? We talked about that at the yeah. Spot. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah, it's, um, boy, if you do it, let me know, because boy, I'll get it. I'll get my family out to come see you guys. That'd be an awful lot of fun. See you in Europe for sure. Um, any fat boy coming up? Do you guys have anything on the calendar? No, not really. We're, I'm just kind of waiting for Brian to get back. I, I've been doing stuff at this place called Wild Birds in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which is, is a great venue. And of course, Bar Lunatico. Um, um, I'm playing at uh, Wits End actually this Saturday. Oh, in, nice! In Far Rockaway, yeah, with my reggae band. 
oh. which, is a, which is another band that I'm very proud of. It's a whole, it's kind of taken all these different shapes over the years. But um, now the current um, lineup is guitar, drums, guitar, drums, bass, and trombone. Oh, and I play, I, I play trombone and keyboards on that. Ah, on that show so awesome. um, oh, so much fun and clark you have like social media people can follow you on right you have a music page on facebook i think facebook and also instagram at sackbutt yep yep and also soundcloud at clarkgayton.com clark gayton oh my gosh yeah, i think i think we could literally talk for like three more hours but what i'm gonna do is play some of your music i'm gonna play that prince track now that you sent me um when you love okay. somebody and this is what you recorded on and then we'll play some more of your music and it's been a delight having you on please come back uh, anytime anytime thanks so much for having me oh my god show. i really appreciate it absolutely my pleasure clark it's been so much fun talking with you i look forward to seeing you soon all right thanks a lot all right i'll talk to you soon. take care bye-bye Bye. 91.3 wvkr independent radio poughkeepsie new york clark gayton and here's a track that he played on recorded with prince the legendary prince let's take a listen to this right here right now 91.3 
91.3 WVKR Clark Gayton of his release, New York, 1993 to 2003, the song called La Di Da. Thank you to my guest today. That was so much fun speaking with Clark Gayton. He's literally played with everybody. Springsteen, Sting, Prince. That's another track we just heard prior to La Di Da. We heard Prince uh, recording called When You Love Somebody. And um, yeah, Clark performed on that one with him. So great stories, really enjoyed it. If you missed part of that interview today with Clark, all the interviews of Local Motion are uploaded on the YouTube channel, Rita Ryan Local Motion, as well as wherever you stream your podcasts from. You can find Local Motion on Spotify, Apple Music, and several other platforms where streaming occurs. So um, be sure to subscribe and uh Take a listen. We've got some great guests coming up, that's for sure, and have had great guests here on the show. So what we're going to do now is we're here each and every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. This show focuses on music of the Hudson Valley, musicians that come to perform here, those that live here, and those that come to record here as well. So right now we're going to play the rest of the hour musicians that have shows coming up. And let's start off right now with Papa Chubby. He'll be in the area at Daryl's house in Pauling this Saturday. Let's take a listen right here right now. 91.3.
forget about it. Let's move on. 91.3 WVKR, the big takeover, their release titled Silly Girl, we heard Holiday, and big takeover, such a great band to see live, which you can do this Saturday, I'm not saying, not, not this Saturday, a week from Saturday, August 7th. Bearsville Theater. The big takeover was take over the show and the house at the beautifully renovated Bearsville Theater, Woodstock, New York. Tickets available to see big takeover at bearsvilletheater.com. We also heard from Papa Chubby. Papa Chubby's release release called The Catfish. Papa Chubby will be playing at Daryl's House Club in Pauling, New York this Saturday. Tickets and info at Daryl's House club.com all right we're going to keep the music flowing here 5 14 p.m i'm your host rita ryan here with local motion each and every wednesday let's keep it going now these guys are playing friday night at the falcon the next two uh tracks that we'll play will be performers that'll be at the falcon this weekend let's start it off right now with the restless age here on 91.3 wvkr Mexico 
Yeah, 91.3 WVKR. Sex Mob is the name of the group. Sexotica is the release and the track we just heard, Oakland. And this was Grammy nominated in 2007. Sex Mob, truly eclectic, uh, beautiful, great. I don't know. What are the good adjectives to use? Um mesmerizing just really great great sounds that come out of sex mob they will be performing sunday at the falcon in marlboro all you need to do is make reservations no tickets are sold at the falcon everything is by donation only so live at the falcon.com sex mob sunday night and we also heard the restless age their release called the building session they will be at the falcon friday night and we heard bright man restless age is comprised of lee falco on drums brandon morrison bass and will bryant on keys great band they were the backup band for well not the backup they yeah i guess they were the band for the night flyers with donald fagan the tour that they did in 2017 and are touring with a whole bunch of people including just themselves they'll also be part of the summer hoot the restlessage.com lots of great stuff coming up with them and a lot of people kind of think they sound a little like their melodies their harmonies like um crosby stills and nash just beautiful voices together and top-notch musicians so the restless age friday at the falcon speaking of top-notch oh i had so much fun seeing ian flanagan this past weekend at claremont state park and um I talked about this song last week when he was a guest on the show here, and I want to play it for you. We'll talk more about Ian and the shows that he'll be performing in our area. First, let's take a listen to Ian Flanagan here on 91.3 WVKR. Standing in a field of dead sunflowers with an ominous sky Dark clouds that tower up to the heavens above As the rain begins to fall I close my eyes and I throw to my baby back up north Hope she's still waiting for me, all I know is my tired Never nest in light broke 